that. Anyway, how many have been enjoying our Battlegrounds <laughs> series? This one today is called The Battle of Temptation. I know, I know you guys think about temptation all the time. It's more than a singing group. And I'm going to unpack how we battle, effectively battle temptation. These short minutes we have left. I'm going to go to a story that's in Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. And we're going to go through it slowly, and then we'll finish up. But I really want to help you today. If you're battling with temptation, you're in a good battle. Because the takeaway today is a temptation in the hands of Satan becomes a test in the hands of God. A temptation in the hands of Satan himself becomes a test in the hands of God. Let's look at chapters 4, verses 1 and 2. Let's see. This is a story that really, this is one of these stories you read like, why did this have to happen? But then God starts to download some things and let us know why he put this in the Bible. It says, and Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led, everyone said led, by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during these days. And when they were, when they ended, and when they were ended, he was what? Hungry. Now we see the Son of God. If you know that before, in chapter 3, Jesus comes. He's baptized by John the Baptist. Goes down the water. Comes up. Spirit comes on him like a dove, it says. And then he has a word from God. This is my, my son who I'm well pleased. He was affirmed by the Father before he did anything. And the Spirit was full of the Holy Spirit. And look where the Spirit led him into a fight. It's amazing. When you look, I'm like, wait a minute. I should have started my ministry. Well, before you get to your ministry, you got to go through the fight for your ministry. And the word you see here, he was tempted. Now, after 40 days, he was tempted. The word temp tempted, temptation means to tempt, to prove, to put to the test. That which is tried is what they're talking about, this word here. And I read, why did he have to go through this? Well, if you look in Genesis chapter 3, remember Adam and Eve? Now, he was tempted, they were tempted by, by Satan also. But they were full. They had a lot of food. Eat anything you want. And the serpent tricked them, lied to them. The first lie was in um, Genesis chapter 3, verse 5. And one guy wrote it this way. At that point, God and our relationship with him was pure, lined up perfectly, heaven and earth, perfectly. Then it got disjointed when man fell. One guy wrote this. He said, that was the first Adam. We were in paradise, but it was lost. Then the Bible said there's a second Adam. His name is Jesus Christ. He gets led into the desert, into the wilderness. Same test that Adam had to go through. He went through. One of the greatest things about it, he reclaimed Paradise. Paradise regained. When the authority was in the devil's hands, got taken back and said, basically, Jesus said, I'm the new Adam, and I'm going in to the wilderness looking for a fight. Now, how many always had the picture of Jesus with the lamb? 
He went looking for a fight. Paradise regained. And it didn't, you know, when you say, well, it looked like God tempted him. No, God led him. The Holy Spirit led him, but God doesn't tempt us to do evil. He's led. But the one thing I love when you look at the story, Satan is only limited. Because God set this up. He can't act independently from God. Remember Job? Couldn't do too much. And then one thing Satan forgot. He kind of misjudged the level of Jesus' preparation. What was the deal breaker? He was full of the Holy Spirit. Uh-oh, he's full of the, not full of food, full of the Holy Spirit. Didn't see that. And Jesus' temptation became actually a test. That's where you get the takeaway. A temptation in the hands of Satan becomes a test in the hands of God. Now, I don't want this story to scare you because you're talking about Satan and adversaries. Satan will go after Jesus. He'll go after Billy Graham. I doubt you met him. We're not high valuable targets. We might deal with a demoness, but we're not going to deal with Satan himself. He's, he's busy right now with Billy Graham. Not us. And you see, there's three things that, and we deal with every day. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Which really, his temptation, Satan's sensations, is, is designed to cause us to doubt and listen to me, and circumvent God's provision, plans, and protection. To doubt or circumvent God's provision, plans, and protection. Let's look at provision in verses 3 and 4. Now, the devil said to him, if you're the son of God, which is legal, you're God himself, you're Messiah, you're the son of God, command these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered him, it is written, man shall not live by what? bread alone. When you start looking at all the answers that Jesus gave in the book of Deuteronomy, which means the second law, which means remember the, the law of remembrance, you got to remember the scriptures, is the same temptations that 40 years that the Israelites dealt with. I want something to eat. Give me something to eat. Give me something to drink. Give me this. Give me that. And now they were getting taken care of. You got up in the morning, you got food. You woke up at night. I mean, at night you have food. But he's answered on that. So give me, you're the son of God. And it makes sense because he's the son of God. He's the Messiah. So turn the rocks into bread. But Jesus was showing that I am the son of God. And I am under the authority of my father. And man shall not live by bread alone but every word that comes from the, the word of God. He was saying, my physical desires cannot take precedence over faithful obedience. God will feed me when this is over. God will take care of me when I walk out of here. In fact, God is with me right now. Now, when you get tempted, it's the circumvent with God. Well, he's not going to feed you, so you might as well get and eat something. Get and do it. Don't worry about him. He's showing up. Don't worry about it. He's probably not going to show up. Take care of yourself. Trying to live your life outside of God's plan, outside of God's provision. How many have trouble sometimes trusting God? Sometimes he doesn't go that fast. 
just, you know, you, you go to McDonald's. Well, no one goes there anymore. That's why they're going broke. Um, but you go to, um, in, we're in Texas now, so you go to um, Burger King. You got one line, and you got what? How long does it take you to get food from after you pay your money in Burger King? Someone, how long does it take? Now you know you ate at Burger King. I've seen, I seen the bags in your car. <laughs> Especially if you're a college student, because you don't clean it up. How long does it take? Two minutes, maybe? Well, two minutes is too long now, right? Take about a text by the time you send a text. But Jesus sometimes doesn't take that long. I mean, it takes longer. Thank you. And he was testing him to see. Blow it. Don't trust God. The goodness of God is not really there. We told, it's not really there. It's not there. So what does he do? He tries to circumvent the first one, provision. Is he going to really take care of me if I change jobs? If I move to a new city, is he going to really take care of me? Am I really going to make this mission trip if he said go? I guess I'll, I'll fend for myself, and you wind up fending without. I mean, go through temptation every time we pass the offering bucket. You're hearing this voice, you need a car, you need a car, you need this, you need that. And the other voice will say, well, if you don't give me anything, you're not getting any of that. So you have the opportunity to be tempted every week the offering bucket goes by. Second thing, the plan. Verse 5 through 8. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and said to him, to you I give all this authority and their glory for it has been delivered to me and I give to, to whom I will. If you, I love that word if, then will worship me, it will be yours. And Jesus answered him and said, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and only him you shall serve. Deuteronomy 6.13. Now, this is the part that's kind of amazing here. If you look at the book of Matthew, these two are flipped. But this one here, so amazing, because he was offering Jesus a shortcut to get everything he was going to get anyway. You're the son of God. Don't worry about it. You don't have to die on the cross for them. I'll give it to you right now. Shortcuts. Try to shortcut your way to the top in spirituality. If, you go, if I go here, I'll move to the top faster. Then you miss a whole lot of learning, a whole lot of development in your life. Shortcuts. You don't have to die on the cross. Why do you got to do that? I can, and when, okay, here's the, here's the kicker. If you don't get anything else, when's the last time the devil gave you anything? When's the last time he gives you, when he says, oh, his job is to steal, kill, and destroy? When is he going to give you anything? He doesn't give anything. He's a liar. But we can fall and we can circumvent God's plan. He always wants to subvert our walk with God, offering shortcuts. God has a plan for your life. How many are enjoying the plan? A lot of you, not really. I wish it was a whole lot faster than a lot. No, the plan, let me come to you about pain. It's needed for development. Whew. Pain is needed for development. Suffering as a Christian is needed for development. We want shortcuts. We think God doesn't love me if I suffer. He loves you if you're suffering. He's developing you. If you take a shortcut, you're going to wind up back to where you started. The plan that God has for your life will not break. If he showed it to you, it's going to take place. Don't help him. 
Don't try to go the other way. I'll go over here. Don't do that. Stay in the plan, and you'll be surprised what happens. And you'll be blessed by it because you'll be prepared to take that plan which he gave you. I wanted to jump out of airplanes. I didn't go up there and say, well, hey, I'm ready to jump out. Now I had to go a lot of training jumping out of airplanes. Kept jumping off a bench. I said, that's not jumping out of an airplane. Look, you don't know how to jump off this bench. You're not jumping out of airplanes. You know, wax on, wax off. I want to hit somebody. Wax on today. Jump at you. How many times I got to jump off this bench? And then when I learned to play drums, you know, they gave me a stick and a block. There's no drum. How long I got to do this? Until we say so. Those days you can say that. Now you have to explain everything. You start off the plan. You follow through on the plan. Jesus could have diverted the plan and we would not be sitting here today. That's how important this thing is. But again, that temptation became a test in the hands of God. Same thing when we're tempted and it's like, oh my gosh, God is taking it. If you know how to beat it or deal with it, he's going to take it into a test. The last one is protection. Verse 9 through 12. And he took him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, you heard that again, Makes sense. Throw yourself down from here, for it's written, he will command his angels concerning you and to guard you. And on their hands they will bear you up, lest they strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, said, it is said, it is said, not as written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. God is to be trusted, not to be tested. But here's the thing. The devil changed something here. He quoted the Bible. But he forgot one thing on the that part of it. It says, he'll take care in all your ways. He took it out of context to try to trip him up. Every time I tell you, read your Bible every day and every day what? Because you got to know it better than him. He knows the word and he'll twist it. He took part of it out and put it out of context. Get and test guys to know all your ways was missing. He used Psalm 91, 11 and 12. If you know it very well, protection of God, Psalms 91. We, do it, we pray a lot for our military with Psalms 91. He took it away. He took part of it out, took it out of contest to get Jesus to test his father. Remember I say he knows the word? He's tricky. It's deception. If you don't know the word, we'll fall for it. Because it made sense. You're the son of God. He'll pick you up, but you forgot all your ways. Oh, and then Jesus said, hey, um, guess what? Deuteronomy 6.16. Use the word again. How many got a good memory? How many claim to have a good memory? Okay, now you have help. How many got an um, iPhone? How many put things in it to help you remember? Use it and put the scriptures in that you're dealing with. If you're, if you're struggling with something, with temptation, and in those areas, put those scriptures in and let, and let it call up to you every day so you know how to fight, how to um, participate in the warfare because he's tricky. That was a great scripture. 91 is 11 12 is amazing scripture, but he took it out of context. If you don't know the word, you're going to fall for it. And he tried to doubt his protection. 
He'll take care of you in all your ways. All your ways? Okay, all my ways. Good ways? Yes. Bad ways? Yes. He's going to take care of me. I don't need to test him. I need to trust him. And I love verse 13. He said, the devil had ended every temptation. He departed from him until an opportune time. I wrote this down. A test always precedes the promotion. How many like taking tests? You wouldn't, you wouldn't volunteer taking a test, would you? Test me, I'm good. No, you wouldn't. Devil will use whatever possible to tempt you. God will use whatever possible to turn into a test. Three ways you can overcome temptation. We talked about one last week. Three ways. Submit, refresh, and detach. Submit, refresh, and detach. First one, submit. James 4, 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. And what happens? What's the rest of it say? Keep going. And he'll what? What does that word flee mean? Who's the fastest runner in here? I can beat you. You're old now. Allegiance to God leads to resistance of the devil. Jesus didn't just share the word, align himself with the word. He aligned himself with God, so he'll run. Whatever lie is trying to overtake me, I just study the truth. My wife taught me how to study and take a test. Spoke to me multiple choice. Because I, I had always looked at all the answers. She said, you know what you do? You take the, the correct answer. You mark that, highlight that, and you cross off all the false ones. Don't even look at them. They don't exist. So when I took the test, I did very well because I can focus on the truth, the true answer. Same with us. Focus on the truth. Submit yourself to God, not something false. Submit yourself to the real thing. Because what gets me is we're Christians. We have all the life. We know the one who knows all the life. And we have kind of been relegated to just a bunch of weak, holy rollers, non-essential, non-effective people. And the one word I can see is because we're scared of it. We still like Jesus patting the lamb, not the Jesus going into hell and say, you know, give me those keys, I'm done, which is our lives. Your workplace where there's no Jesus, guess where God's taking you to go do it? And you stand tall and you stand proud and you start walking tall and you start talking tall and you start standing tall. You don't, we don't cower down. Our God didn't cower down. And the more I submit to God, the stronger I get. And I only hear what he says about me, not what the enemy says, because God will speak to me as a son, and he will speak to me in my weakness. So you submit to God. The second one is, you got to refresh, which I will, the word, remind yourself of who you are and what it says about you. What does it say in Romans 15, 4? For whatever was written in the former days was written for your instruction. Through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have what? Hope. 
A nation fails because it doesn't learn its past. We keep repeating the same thing because we never learned from the last one. That's why we have the past. If you're a young person, you want to know how to have a strong marriage, go to the ones that have been married 35 years, and they'll tell you exactly what you need to do. Go to the past, refresh. It was written for our instruction. The Old Testament was written for our instruction because what Jesus went through by himself, the whole nation of Israel went through as a group. And the same scriptures you use, they have available. They didn't have scriptures. They had the scrolls. They had God right there with them. That's why he, he says use them today for victory. Who wants to keep walking around feeling guilty and condemned all the time? And believe in what he says. Your kids aren't going to make nothing. You're not even going to live long enough. You know, if I could live all those lies growing up, they're lies. Last one is, we don't like, how many love to eat? We don't like this scripture. Close your ears. <laughs> this one means detach. Isaiah 58, 6. It is not the fast that I choose to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the, op the oppressed go free, and to break every, everyone say every, every yoke. Jesus was 40 days without food. 40 minutes sometimes is tough for me on Sundays. <laughs> 40 days empty, fasting and praying to defeat. Some of them you have to go fast and pray if you got things continually going in your life. You got to detach. And all we recognize is going back into God. Those three things. You submit, refresh, know your word, and let the word know you. And detach. And don't say, I have it all together, because you don't. Because there's nothing, I think, I love, I was going to share this scripture, but Alan shared it. There's nothing common. If one guy says, I'm not dealing with you, just say you're a liar and I'm in the men's group. You know you're lying. You're a guy. He has the same move. Same move. These three here, the flesh, the eyes. In the pride. That's his moves. But Jesus came and destroyed every move. And he's given us the ability to escape every move. But you got to know him. You got to spend time with him. You got to submit to him. You got to know the words got to come out of you. Like I said, you use your smartphone, this stuff on my phone. I don't, I'm like, oh, okay, I need that. I need this. I love Philippians 4.13, especially when I'm in a situation I'm going to go to a place no one knows me, and I start feeling self-conscious. I can do all things through Christ who strengthen me. Then I knock on the door. How you doing? I remember that. I refresh myself in that. So fear won't rack me. Because if I don't do it, guilt will kill me. Should have did this. Should have did it. He's in. You should have did that. How come you missed the opportunity? See how you are? My weakness, he starts really in, in my head about my weakness, not my identity. Where do you find your identity? Submitting, refreshing, and detaching. And here's the thing. When I start, everyone stand. When I start to... 
unpack this series. I talked to a few uh, professors and talked to a couple guys I knew. They said, man, we used to teach spiritual warfare so high up that people can get it. He says, you need to bring it to everyday life because every subject that we talk about, I know you're dealing with them this morning or this afternoon. No one's hidden from it. He said, getting it to the level that where we live today so we won't feel so shameful about who we are. And we won't, we won't back off when we need to go forward because the world's calling on us. The more you see killings and crime and all that going on, God is saying, people, you see enough now? I don't want you to be spectators. I need you to walk in there with the peace of God. I need you to go to your workplace and pray for somebody. Oh, yeah, you blew it. Don't worry about it. But that's, not your, that's just an experience. I'm your identity. Cam said, well, oh, I got it mastered. No, because we're going to continually deal with this every single day of our lives. And the greatest thing is, one of the greatest lies is this. Well, Jesus hates me because I screwed up. God hates me because I screwed up. But there's a scripture in Hebrews chapter 4, 15. Because remember, he, I say he became man on purpose. I'll show you why. For do we not have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who is every what? Somebody might say every. Respect has been tempted as we are yet, as we are, yet without sin. He can sympathize with us. He understands us. He understands because he lived like we did. But he lived the life we should have lived and died the death we should have died. So when he said, devil, car down, don't tell anybody, don't, God doesn't want you around any longer, you can tell him, look, my Lord and Savior understands me, sometimes better than I understand myself. That's hope. In fact, that's a promise. And he didn't sin. Now, you might have sinned, but guess what? On the blood of Christ is what? Covered. Some believe the lies you've been hearing this week. Some of y'all been hearing a bunch of them. Not going to make it. I don't have no money. I'm not going to get a good job. The plan that God, I blew up the plan because somehow nothing's going on. And I don't even know if he's going to take care of me or not. Protect, protect me. Every day. Same move. Same move. But you guys say, everyone say this. It is written. It is written. Say it again. It say it again. It Someone told me this and we're going to close. A long time ago. He says, it is written. You know what that is? The cross. When he died on the cross, it was finished. It is finished. Everything I'm dealing with is finished. All the ne negative, finished. All the lies, finished. Not guilty. Yeah, I did that two hours ago, but I'm repentant. I'm back. Not guilty. Not guilty. Not guilty. Now go find someone else. 
trying to help you worship and praise God and not feel condemned. And mothers and grandmothers, you have runaway, have runaway sons and kids. You didn't screw it up. So stop trying to take ownership of it. You did the best you know how. They belong to God now, and he has a plan. That's for someone today. Stop feeling guilty because they're, doing, they're making decisions. They're 20-something years old. Let them make a decision. They'll come back to God. If you raise them in the household of the Lord, it says, hey, they'll be back. They might stray off, but they're coming back if you keep praying. We need some praying grandmothers, not condemned grandmothers. It's not going to change. It's finished. It's written that you will succeed. It's written that you're not going to file out. It's written. You're the best dad in the world. It's written. Yeah, man, awesome. It's written. You going to Houston? It's going to be great. It's written. Can't keep a good man down. You're God's best. That's what he says. You're his children. It's written. It's written. It's written. It's finished. Let's pray. Father, I thank you this morning, God. Thank you for your sweet spirit this morning.